This Seattle Medium podcast is sponsored by the Port of Seattle. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. Former Congressman Cedric Richmond, who currently serves as a director of the White House Office of Public Engagement, is calling on the FCC to focus on diversity in media ownership. As many civil rights organizations are calling on the FCC to vote on Standard General's acquisition of media company, Tenga. And with me this morning to talk about this issue is Hazel Edney of the Trice Edney Wire Service. Good morning, Hazel. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm doing well, and yourself? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you. That's good. Um, Hazel, first, uh, can you provide our listening audience with a little background on the proposed acquisition uh, of Tegna? Excellent. Listen, first, let me just make one correction. That Cedric Richmond, who is the former chair of the Black Caucus, he was at the White House, and he was a senior advisor to the president, and um, et cetera. But he is no longer at the White House. He is former all of that at the White House. He just uh, recently stepped down. And so I just wanted to make sure that that was corrected. Um, and so actually the background to this issue is essential because this is the first time in a long time that I have seen so many black leaders on the same page about a media issue. You have Al Sharp, you have Cedric Richmond, Jesse Jackson, Barbara Arnwine, Roland Martin, Ben Chavis, um, Hazel Dukes of the NAACP, and you name it, um, they're on board to push for this issue, which is the acquisition of a company called Tegna, which has... Um, broadcast houses in 50 media uh, media markets across the country, and it would be bought by Standard General. Tegna would be acquired by Standard General. Standard General is headed by a gentleman whose name is Sue Kim, a Korean-American who came to the United States. It's one of those quintessential American stories when he was only five years old, grew up in public schools, lived in Queens, which is one of the most diverse um, um, communities in the United States, and then went away to college and realized that America is not as diverse as he thought it was. And so the bottom line is that Sue Kim desires to acquire Tegna because one of the things he wants to do is he wants to make America more diverse when it comes to media. This is a $5.4 billion acquisition, and he wants to in, in, uh, include black people. He wants to include women. He wants to include people with diverse backgrounds from all walks of life. 
And so it is up in the air as to why the FCC has not voted on this issue and why it is that the FCC appears to be sort of kind of riding it out until mid-May when there is a deadline. I think it's May 22nd, I believe, is a deadline for the whole thing to come to fruition. And so that is the background of what it's all about. And there are some question marks there. People want to know what is going on in the background, the reason they have not voted and the reason they have not really explained themselves. Right. And, Hazel, you know, it's taken the FCC a long time to really get movement, real movement, on the broadcast pendulum on both the TV and the radio side as it pertains to diversity. Um, And it appears that during the time that they have taken to act, which dates back to the 80s and 90s, there's been less ownership in this space as larger broadcast corporations are now dominating the landscape. But the question still arises, you know, it's not like there's a bunch of radio stations that they can just, and news uh, and television stations that they can just pop up and say, hey, you know, we're having an auction for minorities uh, and other underserved communities to be able to bid on these things. You know, in, in order to get into the into this industry, you've got to find a frequency, whether it's on TV or whether it's uh, on the radio, that you can acquire. And that's a, a tough task in itself, just trying to get somebody to be able to sell that to you. But when there's one available and the FCC is is moving slow or stalling or avoiding or whatever it appears that they are doing, uh, it really lends to um, the notion that people uh, in these underserved communities believe that we're not wanted in this industry by people in the industry and what appears to be um, at the (laughs) level of the FCC. Absolutely. Um, There was a Pew Research Center study that was done back in 2018 which I believe is one of the most recent, and it found that 77% of newsroom employees, including reporters, photographers, et cetera, videographers, um, at not only newspapers but broadcasting outlets, et cetera, uh, are, are, are white, 77%, a non-Hispanic um, white. And so there does seem to be something afoot to keep black people um, and minorities, other minorities, out of this particular industry and and yet you know there have been other studies like for example the leadership conference on civil rights did a study that said at a time when more people particularly black people are distrustful of the media diversity in media ownership has become more important than ever and that diversity in ownership is a part of the solution to making America democracy work. And yet we have an opportunity for the FCC to make a move on this, which is a part of the FCC's job, and nothing is happening. And this is the largest opportunity um, that they have had to do this and that probably in the near future that they will ever have to do this. And so that's why you see such a great movement to say, Come on, let's. And there was even a protest the other day down there at the FCC, saying, you know, come on, let's take a stand. And so um, the question is, what is going on? And let's get the, get this done by by mid May. It, it's been referred to an administrative judge. That's what the FCC has done. But that's going to ride out the clock. 
by the time that red tape gets finished, it's going to be well past midnight. Right. And, you know, Haley, you talked about the fact that many civil rights advocates believe it's an excellent opportunity to expand uh, minority ownership in the media space. Um, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about the importance of having minority ownership, um, not just uh, somebody who has, is white um, or a white corporation or white owners or whoever it is, and they decide they're going to have something that is uh, formatted for a certain minority audience and try and hire some minority people to give the appearance that they're running things, which happens quite often. Um, you know, talk, let's talk about the difference between that and what it really means to have uh, minority ownership in the media space, especially as it relates to having a, a voice, a true voice for the various communities that they're supposed to serve. Well, you and I both know, being uh, media owners, how important that is. There are more than 200 black-owned newspapers across the country that are, you know, actually owned by African Americans, and there are also hundreds of black-owned radio stations owned by uh, Kathy uh, Hughes and, and others. And so we know that that voice that comes out discussing uh, the enslavement of black people, um, discussing where we are to go from here in terms of um, of the discrimination against black people and redlining and health inequities and you name it, is so essential to come from people who plead their own cause, from people who know what it is to be a minority in the United States, from people who have been black in the United States or have been any other um, diverse person in the United States. It has to, that voice needs to come from people who actually know what it takes to get to where we're trying to go. In the absence of that voice, um, it's like Ben Chavis said and like what Cedric Richmond is saying, it simply adds to the problem. It adds to the fact that in the absence of diverse media voices or the elevation and the growth of black media voices in the United States, you're going to have, it's going to diminish. Those voices are going to diminish, and the problems um, of racism, discrimination, white supremacy is simply going to get worse. Right. And, Hazel, I know you talked about this a little, a little earlier. There's a, uh, a sunset date, I believe, on the uh, proposal to acquire this coming up, I believe, May 22nd as well. Uh, and I know people might be like, well, why are they waiting until the last minute to try and uh, address this issue. But this is something that advocates, uh, particularly uh, civil rights advocates, uh, Afri uh, prominent advocates in the African-American community and other communities uh, have been following and have been pushing for uh, for some time now. Uh, and the FCC has let this thing slow crawl to this point where it's in jeopardy of, of fading away. Uh, even though people have been pushing them for uh, months, if not much longer in some cases, to get this uh, deal approved or at least bring it up for a vote so they can either vote it up or vote it down. But it appears that people may not want to, to vote on it for whatever reason there is. And that question is, what is that reason? It's been speculated that, you know, there's some, I don't know who said this, but somebody, uh, Hazel Duke, 
really dealt with them for implying that there is the wrong kind of minority involved, Su Kim being um, a, a Korean American. And then um, the person who would actually head the whole shebang is that McDermott, uh, McDermott, who is a, a white woman, um, she would head the whole thing once the acquisition takes place. But these are people who have uh, incredible backgrounds when it comes to uh, racial fairness and inclusion. And so there's no record to say that they would do anything um, that is wrong or that is bad or that is anti-black or anti-minority. So that is not the issue. So, you know, the question still is, what is the issue? The bottom line is there needs to be even more push right now toward the FCC saying, let us do uh, what is right. And this is almost an only, only opportunity, at least for the moment, to do that which is right. Right. And, Hazel, um, two questions. Number one, what can other people uh, do to help push this thing through? And then, you know, I guess what happens next? I mean, the, the, we've got, uh, you know, a couple different stages that are going on right now in the FCC, which might, the calendars might not, it doesn't sound like it lines up according to the conversation we've had today. Um, but what happens uh, next with the situation? What happens if we pass that sunset date and we miss this opportunity um, to have uh, significant uh, minority ownership that really uh, is looking to expand minority ownership past their own minority status throughout the country? Well, first, um, your first question is what people can do is go to FCC.gov, and there's um, opportunity there to um, respond, to give their input on this particular issue, and to encourage the FCC to go ahead and take a stand and to go ahead and vote yes for this. You know, some people are trying to call it a merger, but it is actually an acquisition. And the second thing is um, it is just so essential for, um, for people to continue to fight. And that is what happens next. If the ball is in the FCC's court, but also the ball is continually in the court of those civil rights leaders and those people that listen to them and follow them, and even just right-thinking people across the United States uh, to take a stand. These civil rights leaders are not going to give up. Cedric Richmond um, coming in at this point shows that things are heating up. It shows that um, that there is not a give-up spirit here. And even if it gets pushed past that May so-called deadline, it, the bottom line is let's get it done because this is a, a great opportunity for America. All right. Well, Hazel, I want to thank you for joining us on today's show. Thank you for, for bringing this um issue to the attention of our community, not only here uh, in the Pacific Northwest, but all across the country um, through your uh, network of media outlets that, that you work with uh, and really just, you know, painting a picture of what's going on uh, with the FCC, which sounds like there needs to be some more um, digging and looking into as it relates to the FCC and what they're actually doing um, or allegedly doing in the, in the space to make sure that there is some diversity that represents the uh, population at a minimum here in the United States of minority populations. 
Absolutely, Chris. There needs to be um, some digging. And the question is, how serious are they uh, about this particular issue? They, they have the, all these um, people who are advising them. Um, they even have a board of advisors, et cetera. But it appears that they might be, as the civil rights leaders have said, they might be listening to the wrong um, people. The question is, black people are speaking out. Why aren't they listening? Mm. All right. Um, Hazel, on that note, I'm going to say thank you for joining us on the show. Have a great weekend, and let's continue to follow up on this issue.